0: Welcome to Casting Hope, a sermon podcast of Hope Presbyterian Church in Columbus, Ohio. My name is Joe Hack, lead pastor at Hope, and we are so glad you're listening in, wherever you are. In this moment of social distancing, we hope that our audio and streaming resources meet you where you are at and help you stay connected to God and to His promises. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 starting in verse 16 this morning. Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 16. So this morning, we are picking up our new series on the fruit of the Spirit. In Galatians, the Apostle Paul describes believers and compares them to trees. Uh, And he says that since they have the Holy Spirit, It's as if they are rooted next to living water, and because they have the Holy Spirit, they will grow fruit, what he calls spiritual fruit, or the fruit of the Spirit. Now, I think this is a great image to think about these days, and I'm excited to walk through this, because... Because of God's empowering presence, because of God the Holy Spirit, it's like we are planted next to living water. And he will, therefore, grow fruit in our lives, no matter what our life circumstances are outside. And our life circumstances, as we all know, sort of have never been worse. Uh, But Paul assures us that growth is not only possible, but inevitable, especially when our circumstances are difficult. So let me just read this text starting in verse 16. You can follow along and uh, we'll see what God has for us this morning. This is God's word. But I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. This is God's Word. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, would the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, no matter where we are, be pleasing and acceptable to you. You are our rock. You are our redeemer. We pray, Lord, that by your spirit that we're hearing so much about in this text, that we would actually uh, move from information to transformation, that we wouldn't just learn new facts, but that we would actually see Jesus and worship him and that he would change us by your spirit. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. Now, many of you know that my wife, Josie, and I dated long distance for a very long time. Uh, for two years, we only knew each other uh, by the phone. And so this meant that whenever I saw her in person, I was on my very, very best behavior. I was super godly. I, um, I was funny. I, I smelled good. It was, it, was, uh, it was a fact that about once a week, once a week, I would, I would shave, I would take off my brown Carhartt uh, wool cap, and, which meant I combed my hair for the first time that week. And this was our pattern for about two whole years. And then I moved to Columbus to, to be near her. And this was the best decision I've ever made in my life, uh, besides following Jesus. And it was also the hardest year of our relationship ever to date, because she saw the real me. You know, I wasn't being false those two years of long distance dating, but I was able to keep the ugliness at bay. I mean, it's really easy to be super spiritual on the phone once a night, but every day, all day, the real me came out. And the same thing is happening to me during this shutdown. I'm having flashbacks to that hard year because we're seeing each other so often now, and we're in such a stressful circumstance uh, that, that my social graces are fading and failing me. I can't hide anymore. And I wonder if you can relate. Whether we're married, whether we're married with children, whether we're single... I just wonder if the shutdown is shutting down more than our economy. It's shutting down our self-empowered social skills as well. Can I get an amen for that one? I mean, it's exposing maybe who we are in the raw. C.S. Lewis writes about rats in the cellar. Rats in the cellar that remain well hidden until and unless you sneak up on them. An image I thought about a lot this past summer because I suspected there were rodents in my garage. Uh, But I couldn't prove it. I just suspected it. And I knew that if I stayed in the garage long enough, if I just stayed there long enough for hours and hours, I would eventually spot the rodents in the garage. But I was busy. And the only time I spent in the garage was when I was running to get from this place to that place or to go from that place to this place. And so they stayed hidden. Those rodents stayed hidden. Which has me thinking, has this shutdown exposed the rodents in my garage? Are we finally spending time with ourselves? And maybe we just don't like what we see. Maybe we're beginning to see things in our life that have always been there for years, maybe our whole life. Deep fears. Overwhelming desires. We're seeing things like envy, and jealousy, spring up, impatience. And this list of rodents could go on and on and on. And in fact, the Apostle Paul has his own list in verses 19 through 21. I'm certain as I was reading it, you noticed some of these rodents in your own garage. That have always been there but maybe you're seeing them for the first time and you don't like what you see. Now I want us to consider how this might be a good thing. What if this shutdown is an opportunity to get to know our sickness better? Now stay with me. You may be thinking, how is that a good thing? Stay with me. We all know that the first step to healing is an accurate diagnosis and the more accurate our diagnosis the better our chances of lasting healing. We all know that. And so what if this shutdown is in some ways a severe mercy, a backwards grace, a way to grow and a way to heal? In other words, I'm interested in flipping the script on this shutdown. What if we moved from a bunker mentality to a greenhouse mentality? What if this intense time was a greenhouse for growth? I'm just asking. Now, let me just say, before we dig any deeper, by suggesting that this time can be a greenhouse for growth, I'm not being flippant about the deep depressions and the deep anxieties that this is triggering. Uh, I really like the distinction that psychologist Eric Johnson, the Christian psychologist Eric Johnson, makes between psychotherapy, counseling, and spiritual direction. All three of those are soul care. But psychotherapy would be for clinical forms of depression and anxiety and, and things like counseling for those struggling to cope with those things and spiritual direction for things like more like everyday anxiety. And I just want to say this sermon is not the same thing as psychotherapy and counseling. It's certainly An essential supplement. And I would point any of you, no matter who you are, where you are, and where you're tuning in, I would point you to counseling. I would point you to therapy if you're having trouble coping these days. But I do believe that if Paul were pastoring us right now, he would point us to this image of the tree that you are a tree and that you have the spirit. And he might say to you, This shutdown does not shut down growth and in this passage paul tells us how first we grow and we can grow but we grow by the spirit not by self-improvement this picture that paul paints is very optimistic in this text you can grow and so maybe that's all you need to hear this morning is is you can grow in this season this can be a season actually of growth But it's not an optimistic picture about self-improvement. Instead, it's optimistic about God, the Holy Spirit, and His growth that He causes in us. So look at all the references to God, the Spirit, here. Verse 16, walk by the Spirit. Verse 18, be led by the Spirit. Verse 25, live by the Spirit. Verse 25, keep in step with the Spirit. All of these images add up to a pretty clear message, does it not? That growth happens by the Holy Spirit, not naked self-improvement. Paul strikes a balance here, actually. On the one hand, he says, walk by the Spirit, verse 16. On the other hand, he says, be led by the Spirit. So he's striking a balance. It isn't a purely passive posture that we have in the Christian life, like let go and let God. But neither is it. A a sheerly active presence. Like do your best and God will simply pick you up when you fail. It's not that either. The best way I can describe this is as they do in step one of AA. You you cry out in utter dependence upon the power of God. Recognizing your inability. It's been said that self-empowered life, a self-empowered life is like plugging a power strip into itself. And here I have an example. This is what it looks like when we try to grow in our own strength and with our own power. No reliance upon God at all. There's no power here, and and it's just all exhaustion. And I don't know how many of you are living this life right now, but this doesn't work. And as we saw in our liturgy earlier, it actually is an accusation against God. And so we confess it. How do we grow? How do we grow in the desert? Well, we move, like, how do we move from a bunker mentality to a greenhouse mentality? Well, we walk by, we're led by, we live by, we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, says Paul, which is to say we cry out in in, in utter dependence upon God. Now, this is good news if you feel totally unequipped and empty these days. Any of you? Any of you feel totally unequipped and empty these days? Well, it's been said that God's office is at the end of your rope. If you are at the end of your rope, that is exactly where God is. It says in scripture that God draws near to the broken. God draws near to those who are contrite in their heart. God draws near to the broken hearted. When you cry out. And when you cry out in dependence, He he's reliably there. And so if you are broken hearted. If you are at the end of your rope, then let me just say real quick, you are in a better position to receive this passage than the person who thinks they're killing it in this quarantine. So for many of you, this just means you add a prayer to your life. If you want this to be a greenhouse time and not a bunker time, add this prayer to your life. God, I need you. That's it. God, I need you. So we grow by the Spirit. Number two, Paul shows us that we grow with spiritual surgery. We grow with spiritual surgery. What do I mean by spiritual surgery? Well, I'm talking about deep repentance. Deep repentance. Now, I'm going to sound a lot in the next few minutes like retired pastor Tim Keller. And if that means nothing to you, that's fine. Uh, But I don't really care because that's a good guy to sound like for a while. And that's okay with me. In fact. Um, I recommend that we all read, that you all read Galatians for you, which is a book that he wrote uh, to dig into this more. This book and his ministry in general has done so much uh, to remind me of the importance of deep repentance and not shallow repentance, but deep repentance. What I'm calling spiritual surgery. Paul teaches two aspects of spiritual surgery in this text. Go deep into your heart and then go deeper into Jesus. Both of those things. That's spiritual surgery. So first, go deep into your heart. Paul invites us to the depths. He doesn't invite us to stay on the surface. And even in this text. So religion would say, pay attention to your actions. But Paul here says, pay attention to your heart, for from it flow your actions. And he says in verse 15, if you walk by the Spirit, then you won't gratify the what? The desires of The flesh, that word desire is an invitation to explore the root of our behavior. The root. At the root of our sin is always an out of whack desire. It might be a good desire, but the desire is outsized or out of order. What the ancients have called disordered desires outsized or out of order. So in my own life, just to be transparent, I know that the desire for comfort is good and God-given. But when my desire for comfort is greater than my desire for God, outsized, or above my desire for God, out of order, it creates all kinds of sinful patterns in my life. Anxiety about the future, passivity, and the list goes on. And so we go deep to this desire level. Paul says, the desires. And then what do we do with them when when we find them? Well, Paul tells us in verse 24. We crucify them. Timothy George says, True Christians do not succeed in completely destroying it while here below, but they have fixed it to the cross, and they are determined to keep it there until it expires. Jack Miller, he used to teach that sin is like an oil spill. Uh, We can spend our life scooping oil off the surface, or we can go below the surface to the deeps and find the sunken submarine, the source of the oil spill. Too many of us, I think, are settling for surface scooping. Instead of going to the depths of our heart. For Paul, the way, though, to grow is not by shallow scoopings, but spiritual surgery. We go to the depths of the heart and we do battle there. And so we go to the depths. But I said there's a second part to spiritual surgery. And this is so important. We go deep into our hearts, but we go deeper into Jesus. We go deeper into Jesus. We take two things down to the depths, as it were. Like a diver takes oxygen. And those two things are the love of Jesus and the loveliness of Jesus. And when I say the love of Jesus, I'm not talking about our love for Jesus. I'm talking about his love. Love for me, his love for you. We take that down to the depths like a diver has oxygen. I mean, verse 14, if you look at our text, assumes that we belong to Jesus. We probably read right over that, but that's how we're conditioned to read the scriptures. We we look for what we do. We don't see what Jesus has done. Jesus, we, it says here that we belong to Jesus. We belong to him. And after all, Paul says that that. That we have the spirit. He's assuming that we have the spirit in this passage. If we have the spirit, it means we're united to Jesus. And nothing can separate us from Jesus. And when you see the rodents in the garage, then what you need to take down with you into into those depths is the reality that you are united to Jesus. You belong to him. And then, yes, Paul says in this text to crucify our sins, to hold them against the cross until they expire. Amen. Paul also says in chapter 2, verse 20, that we have already been crucified on the cross. Both and. Context is king. So we hold our sins against the cross knowing that they have already been crucified on the cross when Jesus died on the last Good Friday. The power of sin has been canceled and broken on that day. And the penalty of sin, eternal condemnation, has been broken and dealt with on that day on the cross. And so we battle sin. We press it against the cross and hold it there. Not to gain a showing with God. We press it against the cross as his beloved children over whom he sings. Over whom he delights. We are United to Jesus. That means he's our older brother. We are in God's family. That's how we fight sin. We take the love of God down to the depths. We fight it as beloved by Jesus. And I also said the loveliness of Jesus. And this is so important. We go to the depths with the love of Jesus, but also the loveliness of Jesus. This is what walking in the Spirit means, or walking in step with the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit, after all, is all about the loveliness of Jesus. And He has been for all of eternity. And so to walk in step with... In step with the spirit, which is a military uh, metaphor, walking in step with the Holy Spirit is to allow the Holy Spirit to point you and to direct you to what he is all about, which is the loveliness of Jesus. He's like a museum curator who loves to display the beauty of Christ. And friends, Jesus is so beautiful these days. Look at the beauty of Jesus' power and look at the beauty of Jesus' tears. Look at the beauty of his compassion. Look at the beauty of his sacrifice. Look, gaze, and stay there. You are in lockstep with the Spirit when you do this. See, the Spirit makes us Jesus' stalkers. It just, he just does. We go where Jesus is, and then we camp out. We just go where Jesus is, and we camp out. We gather for church, even if it's online, like right now. We read his word, we pray, and this isn't salvation by works at all. We just want to be where Jesus is, amen? That's where we want to be. We need him to be more desirable than our sinful desires. And that's what the Spirit does spiritual surgery friends that's what we need we go to the depths of our sin and then we go deeper into the love of jesus and the loveliness of jesus this loosens the power and the grip of sin in our life when our desire for jesus starts to outpace our desire our sinful desires even if it's by a millimeter i'll be honest i have not been doing much deep repentance these days I've been saying, well, I guess this is a pandemic, and I guess this is just how Joe rolls in a pandemic. (laughs) But Luther said all of life is repentance. And all of life includes a global pandemic. We have much that we can be repenting of. We have a lot of spiritual surgery that we are invited into right now. And I have to be honest, strangely, this call to spiritual surgery in this text has been incredibly encouraging to me. And I want it to be encouraging to you because it's focused my attention on God. It's focused my attention um, on truth and this emotional confusion that I'm living in right now. It's taken me to the depths of his love for me in a focused way. And I'm starting to trust God that this is a greenhouse for growth and not just a bunker. One final thing before we close it up. We grow through the spirit. We grow through spiritual surgery. And then I want to say this too. According to this passage, we grow steadily, not suddenly. Tim Keller also taught me to pay very close attention to Paul's metaphor for growth in this passage. What is it? Fruit. How does fruit grow? Fruit grows steadily, not suddenly. It's an eventual growth. Even when you don't see it, if you've planted a garden, if you've planted a fruit tree, you can't watch the fruit grow. Even if you can't see it, God is always at work. And maybe in ways that you don't even realize. You may be working really hard on impatience, but God is growing you in your gentleness. And wouldn't that be just like God? To grow an area of our life, and we're so intent on growing this area of our life. But that's what God does. God promises growth. If you have the Spirit, you are growing. He is at work in you. And this may be the good news you need to hear this morning. If you have the Spirit, God is growing you. But it's gradual. A month ago, my boys and I, we watched a tree service next door uh, take down a huge maple tree. It took three days. This tree was huge. Even though it was next door, its roots were breaking up the concrete in our walkway. Uh, Its roots were invading our yard. Its seeds, those helicopter seeds, once a year would just completely blanket our entire backyard. Uh, its roots were actually taking over our water main pipe. Um, it's, it, it was a huge tree. Here's the thing about that tree, though. My neighbor next door remembers when it was a little sapling. Not too long ago. But that's what trees do. They grow gradually, steadily not suddenly. This means you should not expect growth overnight, but it also means this shutdown and whatever comes down the pipe later is not a wash for you. It is a greenhouse for growth. It's not a wash. God is growing you. Maybe in ways you don't see it, but God is and God will grow you. And I hope this encourages you to see that the shutdown is a greenhouse for growth, not a bunker. We're going to be looking at all these areas of growth that God has for us in the coming weeks. So next week, we'll be starting with love. What does love look like in the time of coronavirus? What does joy look like? In this season? What does peace look like in the time of coronavirus and so on? Aren't you don't you long for that? Don't you long for joy in this season or peace in this season? What does love look like? Gentleness, patience. These are all things that we're gonna have an intentional focus on in the coming weeks. And I invite you to stay tuned. I invite you to plug in and to even pray. God help. I don't have patience right now, but I trust that you are growing by the Spirit, you're growing fruit. And what do we know about fruit? Fruit is fundamentally for other people. Fruit is not for ourselves. Trees don't grow fruit for themselves. They grow fruit for others. And that's exactly what we're asking God to do as a church. We are growing. This is a greenhouse, and God would make this a greenhouse in our lives. Why? So that we can be awesome? no, so that we can bless our families, so that we can bless our spouses, So we can bless our children, we can bless our friends, we can bless our neighbors. "'Trees don't need their own fruit, neither do we. "'We grow it for others.'" And if God makes this time a greenhouse, not a bunker, it's going to be just for that. And that's always what God has been up to. Ever since Genesis 12, when he called Abram, he says, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing for others. We could translate that. I'm going to grow fruit on you so that people can pick the fruit off and be blessed. And that's exactly what the church continues to be in Jesus and by the Spirit. We grow. We grow, friends. We grow. Why do we grow? We grow so we can lay our lives down like Jesus and serve our neighbor and serve our spouse and serve our children and serve the city. That's why we grow. And God desires that for you. This is not a bunker for Christians. This is a greenhouse time. And so lean in and trust that God is at work. Let me just pray. Lord, would you indeed grow us in this season? And we have so much growing to do. We see the depths. We see the rodents in our garage. And yet, Lord, as we see them, help us to take the love of Jesus there, to grow us in these areas. We want to walk by your Spirit. We want to be led by the Spirit. it's the Holy Spirit lead us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information about our church and for more resources like this, visit our website at hopechurchcolumbus.org.